in Buddhinasa's uh, book, Patita Samupada, he emphasizes that his, his um, <coughs> approach has been the, the moment, Patita Samupada being the working in the moment rather than in three lifetimes, in the past, present, and future. Of course, that is, when you contemplate, or if you observe through practice, then of course you realize that's the only way it could ever really be. Because <clears throat> the assumptions that we make, even about the, the, um, the say, the um, birth of a human body, and the um, cessation, the, say, the, say on the cessation of suffering, uh, we're working only with the, say, the, 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 the mental, the mind itself. We're not commenting on the, <coughs> say, about the birth even of our own bodies, except recognizing that what is born that these bodies were born. But in reflection, then we are noting consciousness, say, as, a, as that which arises and ceases. And then, then of course, that, uh, that, that whole series from Sankara, Vijnana, Namarupa, Salayatana, Pasa, and Vedana is in a moment. Because, of course, the, the, uh, the arising and the, and the cessation uh, from avicca is momentary. It's not, there's not a kind of permanent avicca. That would be a mistaken view, wouldn't it? That somehow uh, the view that everything began with avicca and, and uh, sometime in the future it will all cease. So we're talking about only about the avijja vajaya sankara, that which comes out of out of ignorance, and then of course that that conditions all the rest, the 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 the, uh, the, the consciousness and the the um, mental formations, name and form, name and form conditions the, the um, way we perceive through the salayatana and, the, and how we interpret the contact and the vedana, all out of ignorance, isn't it? If it comes out of ignorance, then of course that whole, the, when you get to vedana, then the vedana is interpreted, uh, is, is a, the reaction to the vedana is through desire, dhanha, the desire for sense pleasure, or for becoming, or for annihilation. <clears throat> now we can't. I think it'd be silly to assume that that every moment is a vicha, and that everything is ignorance. And this is when you a vicha means, in this sense, uh, 
not understanding the Four Noble Truths. So when we understand the four, when there's understanding of suffering, origin, cessation, and path, then there's vicha. And of course, then that changes, then things are no longer uh, affected by avicca. When we see with vicha, then, <coughs> then the perceptions are <coughs> conventional reality, but no longer me and mine. For example, when there's vicha, then I can talk like this, I can say, I am uh, Ajahn Sumato. But that's a conventional reality. It's still a perception. But it's no longer viewed from avicca. It's merely a convention we use. There's nothing more to it than that. It is as it is. When the eyes see uh, see, like see the shrine, then there's no avicca, there's only avicca, there's seeing the way it is, ability to contemplate and see the attractive, neutral, unattractive, to reflect and contemplate a Buddha rupa or the flowers or the candles or the incense. So when we get to cessation of suffering, then avijaya tuweva asesa viraka niroda sankara niroda sankara nirodo vinyana niroda and so forth. Now that, if it's a cessation, it must, once there is vicha, then, the, then at that moment all the rest cease, don't they? It must, must be an instant. not like one ceases and then the other ceases. But, the, but the, that um, when there's vicha, then the process is, there's a, the, in the moment then there's the, the suffering ceases. Say in, in, in any moment where there's real mindfulness and wisdom, then there's no suffering. The suffering has ceased. Now when you contemplate the cessation, when you really observe or realize the cessation, uh, say just desire of dhanha, if, you, if you're uh, contemplating from the uh, second noble truth, the kama dhanha, bhava dhanha, vipuva dhanha, as when it, when it ceases, noting its cessation, <coughs> Then the, to, to note the cessation of, of dhanha, then you have to let go of the cessation of upadana, cessation of becoming, cessation of rebirth, the jati, jaramarana, sokapariteva, and so forth, cease at the end. And the realization of the cessation when things cease, when everything ceases, then there is peace, isn't there? There is knowing, peace, calm, serenity. 
no self, emptiness, anatta, shunyata. These are the words or concepts describing cessation. Viraka is uh, cessation of desire, no desire. Now, if you practice in this way, you, at least I find, sometimes it's very difficult to find any suffering. <laughs> Realize there isn't any. Except in a heedless moment, when you get carried away with something, avicca, bhaja, sankara, goes zoom, up it goes again. So that you, uh, because of heedlessness and lack of attention and, and forgetting uh, this, then we, we, we get caught into a vicha bhajaya sankhara. But whatever, we can always, uh, when, when, when we realize that we're, we're, we've, um, we've been heedless, we can let it cease, we can let go. There's the letting go. And then as we're, mindfulness is more a continuous mindfulness and understanding, then there's the non-attachment. The things are as they are, the abiding in emptiness and non-attachment. No longer is, the, is there the strong impulses to grasp the fascination, the glamour of the, of the sensory world has been penetrated. No longer is anything to grasp one can still ap- appreciate or, s- or see or experience the, the way things are without grasping it. So there's no self to grasp, there's nobody grasping anything. There, but there still can be feeling and seeing and hearing and smelling, tasting, touching. But it's no longer created into a person, into me and mine. I think for, for me the real, uh, the, 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 the important uh, Insight is into the fact of the that just how momentary consciousness is, and we the tendency is to perceive consciousness as a kind of uh, long term, like being awake and and, and uh, being conscious as a kind of permanent uh, state of being, rather than a moment. And yet, in the it's all it, it, when. Described, vijnana is always just a, a moment, flashing moments, instant. So to assume that avicca is, is the kind of, from birth 
to from the birth of our bodies. We are born out of a vicha, and then in a vicha, bhajaya sankara, and that is a kind of continuous uh, process. We can see that at any moment there can be vija, and then the whole thing ceases, doesn't it? Down to sokaparateva tukatomanasa upayasas the cessation of that whole mass of suffering. It's gone. Where is it? Now, to practice this way means to, to keep keep observing that more and more, to, to really investigate, keep examining things in this way, so that you, so that uh, everything is seen for exactly what it is. Everything is only what it is in the moment. And we, when we see they, they, that the that beauty is, is, is beauty in the moment. Ugliness is just that in the moment. There's no, there's no attempt to, to solidify that or prolong that uh, as, uh, in any way because it, things are just what they are. We're aware, more increasingly aware of, of the formless or nebulous or where there's no perception, where we don't, we have no perception, but just being able to be aware of a feeling, or of a vagueness, or a mood, for just what it is, rather than uh, uh, something that is overlooked, dismissed, or misinterpreted. Because the problem with perception is that it tends to limit us to to uh, to just being conscious at certain points, and that we we're we're just uh, conscious at certain kind of like in octaves or in in certain designated points that one perceives, and the kind of natural flow and flux and change is not really noticed because one is only conscious at the A B C D E F G. And the 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 change the points between A and B, B and C are are never noted or seen or noticed because one is only oh, conscious at the designated condition points of perception. That's why when we when the mind is is opened with vijja and receptive, then Dhamma reveals itself. There's a kind of revelation. The wonder, the empty mind in the state of wonder, receptive, is then uh, truth can be revealed. Not through, not 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 through perception anymore. This is where it is, it is ineffable, ineffable truth. And that's where words fail us, and we can no longer try to 
we can no longer say or speak or put it into perceptions or concepts. If you ever tried to, to describe some, that which is ineffable, you, get, you start tripping over your tongue, don't you? It, uh, to describe a, uh, something that is beyond words. And yet, is, uh, this is where, say, the, the, the self gets confused, because as a person, as a self, you're a very linear kind of creature. You're, you, you, have, you have definitions. You're bound and limited and defined, fixed through your views, through your self-views. And just through the conditioning process of culture and language, these are very limited conditions and perceptions and yet the ignorance within us of each other, we can totally identify with just that, with the, with the limitations, restrictions, inadequacies, the unsatisfactoriness of the conventions, of the conventional reality. And that's why the Buddha said it is suffering. It is unsatisfactory, it's dukkha. Because when your identity is with, with that kind of linear uh, programmed, uh, conditioned thing, it's, uh, it's, it's like uh, being stuck with something inferior and something uh, inadequate as, as a self-identity. And how can you ever really find any real happiness or joy in life from that position? from being blinded, bound and limited by ignorance. Maybe now you're beginning to appreciate the emphasis the Buddha made. I teach suffering and the end of suffering. I teach only two things. There is suffering and there is the end of suffering. Because just that alone, if you, if you have that insight into suffering and understand suffering and realize the end of suffering, then you're liberated from ignorance. And so the attempt to speculate about what that's like, to be free from ignorance, they called it Nibbana, the highest happiness, but that's about all you can say about it because that's not quite it either, is it? Expect the highest happiness to be something like getting high, floating in the air. I've reached Nibbana and you float up to the ceiling. Mm. And so realization is, is the way. Mindfulness and realization. And then the Eightfold Path is, is development, bhavana to develop the, that path through right understanding means that more and more our, our, uh, we realize the emptiness, the not-self, the freedom 
uh, that comes from not being attached to anything. And that affects just the daily life as, a, as an individual human being. What, what we say, what we do, how we live in the society we're in, which definitely affects the, the, the jitta, so that one is increasing a sense of serenity and calm rather than anxiety and tension. Now, if you can more and more let go of things or not attach, investigating just the perceptions of, of what, what does bother you here at Amravati? What is it that haunts your mind? Or what is it that upsets you? What is it that, that what causes, what is the suffering you're having while you're here during, the, say, during this retreat? And you go to the suffering, you Say, there is this dukkha. You have to spot it and not, not blame it on somebody. You can't blame it on the weather, this retreat, can you? Very nice weather. The retreat devas have been marvelous. Can't blame them. Can't blame the, the terrors. Can't blame the Anagarikas have even been good this, this year. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago they were pain in the neck. <laughs> Thus the sealers have been behaving themselves. None of them sick and always here. And the bhikkhus, we can't, we can't really find fault with anything. Maybe everybody's been too good. Maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> but the suffering, uh, say, of just, of worry, of of just uh, of 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 dreading of anticipation of of anything of just the of, of the the whip of a dana suffering of of having feelings or thoughts that you don't want but then the 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 practice to go to the suffering there is suffering it has an origin it ceases so you you're accepting the suffering, the, even what, no matter what form it takes. There's just mild worry or anxiety to, to tr- tremendous anguish or despair, whatever. The, it's not to dismiss it or deny it or ig- ignore it, but to go to it. Say, understand that there is this suffering. Its origin is through attachment. Let it let it go, but that that means to to still accept it for what it is. 
and then aware when it ceases, when it's no longer conscious. Then there's, there's just the, the relief of no longer being involved with something that before was, was a condition that you reacted to and created suffering about. Now the world, then the world arises and ceases then with consciousness. Really contemplate that, that the world is, is seen uh, as, as just the, the world of, that comes from avicca. Wanting something we don't have, not wanting what we have, wanting to become something, wanting to get rid of something, desire for the sense sensual distractions and pleasures, fears of, of having pain and misery. So this, this neat little teaching of the Four Noble Truths, the elaboration of the second and third with the Paticca is is the tool to pinpoint, to see, to examine suffering and the end of suffering. To be able to see very clearly, it's quite precise, isn't it? It's not a fuzzy, hazy thing. It's quite exact and accurate. It's not just a, it's not a, a kind of self-hypnotism or a suppression of anything. It's, it is a Willingness to look directly at the way things are. Now the word Nibbana is generally generally defined as non-attachment to the five khandhas. Which means no longer a sense of a self in regards to the rupa, vedana, sannyasa, sankara, vijnana. So that the, that the five khandhas are then the dhammas, aren't they? We used to contemplate the five khandhas not with avicca anymore, but with vicha. We see that they're all impermanent, anicca and dukkha, anatta. And then Nibbana is the realization of non-attachment. So Nibbana is through the cessation, through realizing the cessation. You have Niroda and Nibbana, or synonyms. So Nibbana is when the realization of cessation, non-attachment to the five khandhas. The self-view ceases. The body's still breathing, so it doesn't kind of dissolve into thin air, but the, the mistaken identity that I am the body dissolves, ceases. 
the mistaken identity with Vedana, Sanya, Sankara, Vijnana, all that ceases. The cessation of, of a self. The self dissolves. You can't find anybody. You can't find yourself because you are yourself. <laughs> And the kind of materialistic view, say, uh, or the the course of view of the three lives. And if if we see the the rupa, the five khandas, as a kind of permanent uh, from birth, the body and the vedana, sanya, sankara, vijnana, as, uh, especially rupa and vijnana, is kind of a continuous thing from birth, from the time the body was born. That's an assumption we make, isn't it? But in 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 ref, in this reflection of, of say the momentary uh, arising uh, of the paticca samuppada through abhicca, then we can see that that this just points to the to the to the mind itself. The body isn't. Isn't uh, isn't a person anyway? It's not not me and mine anyway. Never was, never will be. There's only the perception of it as being me and mine. The belief that I was born when my bo- when this body was born. I have a birth certificate to prove that this body was born. Well, we carry birth certificates in our mind, don't we? That I, uh, the whole history, uh, uh, memories and so forth of our lives give us this sense of, of a continuity of a person from birth to the present moment. But examination of perception alone, see that perception arises and ceases in the moment perception of of me and mine as a kind of permanent personality. I am a permanent soul and personality. If you examine that as perception, it, it's just a moment, isn't it? It arises and ceases. And consciousness, and Vedana and the, and the, uh, then and consciousness are just momentary. The attractive, repulsive, neutral uh, qualities of the conditioned realm. 
And by seeing that clearly, realizing that, then there's, there's no interest anymore in attachment, in trying to be reborn. Uh, and that is, rebirth is the grasping of the conditioned realm, seeking, seeking, to, seeking for happiness, trying to be born, be reborn into happiness or beauty, pleasure, safety, security. So we let that go. The five khandhas are still the five khandhas. They're, they're seen as, as for what they are. They're anicca, dukkha, anatta. So in this, in this reflection on Dhamma, or the truth of the way it is, it's very honest, very direct, very clear. There's no deceit. Even deceit is Dhamma, isn't it? It arises and ceases from the confused, amorphous, nebulous, insecure, unstable, uncertain to the certain, whatever it is, uh, from from a, a, a precision, uh, a precise, well-formed condition to a vague, amorphous one. We're not. We're not. No longer discussing or, or choosing uh, which we prefer. We're just noting that they, that whatever arises ceases. So as you, as you're more aware of, as you realize this through your practice, then a lot of the vagueness, fuzziness uh, of your mind, the confusion, the, the, the these kind of emotional problems are seen for exactly what they are. Confusion is confusion. It's just that. It's just, it's a Dhamma. Confusion is, is nothing more than just confusion in the moment. It's not permanent, it's not a self. So what, what before was maybe a, a problem or something deluding us become is is transformed into a Dhamma. The transformation is not, not the not the condition, but the attitude, isn't it? From the avicca, then there's the vicha, the seeing, the knowing. And then the, to the people that think, well, all this is very well, but what about love and compassion? <laughs> sounds, sounds like we're kind of delving into this kind of nitty-gritty of the, of the, of the, of the psychology. But then, but then as we long for, the, for the, uh, the, that which is uniting and one and whole, the love, the compassion, the grandeur, the wonder. And this, of course, is uh, the desire for that is, is, is the block, isn't it? Love is, is no problem once, the, once there's no delusion. 
once there's no self, then there's, there's nothing to, to, to hinder or block off or prevent love. But as long as the, there's a self-illusion, then love is merely, merely an idea that we long for, but, but are always feeling disappointed with because the self is always getting in the way. The self-view, the avicca, is always blinding us making us forget and deluding us. So we think there isn't any love. We feel alienated and lonely and lost because there's no love. And we blame somebody else. Or we blame ourselves. We think we're, we're not lovable. Or that we become cynics. But the Buddha pointed to this, this the, what, is the, what is the real problem? It's the illusion of a self. The attachment to that perception which affects the consciousness and everything else so that we're, we're, never, we're always creating the separative and the unsatisfactory and, the, and uh, identifying with the, that which is, is not ourselves. We, we tend to, to believe we are something we are not. And of course that whole process of delusion takes us to soka paritewa tukatomanasa upayasa. Once that is, we are freed, once there is freedom, liberation from that illusion, then Love is ever-present, isn't it? Nothing, there's fearlessness, there's love, there's joy, there's true happiness, serenity. No lack of that. It's just that we don't, we can't see it or enjoy it when we're being blinded by our desires and fears. Uh, this path, and also a part as you, as you understand it more and more, then your your faith, the sada, increases. Sada is, is for us is something that that maybe we don't we don't tend to be beings with a lot of it. You know, we tend to be skeptics and doubters, and and, and that more than seems at least. Well, I'm speaking for myself mainly. I'm much more prone when I started to be very skeptical and doubtful. But now, say over the past 20 years, a tremendous sense of faith, trust, willing to to give up everything, realizing the the total, uh, how wonderful it is to be able to just totally commit yourself to the Dhamma not worry about anything. Have no kind of strings or or bridges or anything to no no longer looking back, no longer making compromises, doing things half heartedly. There's a real zest, a, a joy 
in being with the way things are. Increasingly more that kind of faith and that sattā. So my recommendation is just keep going. Go forth. You've all gone forth. The bapacā means that you go forth. Don't look back. Or you'll turn into a pillar of salt. You get stuck in the valley of morbidio inferiore. Or you'll just settle for some, some kind of mediocrity, of security. Uh, and be one of those old French ladies. <laughs> Three million of them. Waiting to die in council, council flats in Paris. Mm. I offer this for your reflection. <laughs> <laughs>